the biggest piece of advice that I would share for anybody starting out in this industry, if you're kind of five years and under, is it's all about relationships. Relationships are key. Doesn't matter what brokerage you work for, what what role you're in, what year of your career you're in, what asset class, it's, it's all about relationships. Welcome to People Who Perform, the Real Estate Careers Podcast. Each episode will bring you conversations from business leaders and up and coming stars in the commercial real estate industry in Canada. Our guests will share their unique career journeys, passions, and advice on what it takes to be successful in this industry. This podcast is brought to you by Highview Partners, connecting people who perform in Canadian real estate. I'm your host, Richard Costello, and today I'm pleased to introduce Audrey Powell. Audrey is currently a leasing manager for Aspen Properties in Edmonton, responsible for overseeing the leasing of three downtown office towers. Audrey started her career in 2014, working as a tenant coordinator with one of the largest private retail landlords in Edmonton. In 2016, Audrey moved into brokerage and for the next three years, she became an integral part of one of the highest producing, well-respected office leasing teams in Edmonton. In our conversation today, we'll hear more about Audrey's career journey to date, how Aspen Properties stands out from its competition. We'll dive into what a career in leasing looks like in the day-to-day, Audrey's commitment to diversity, equity and inclusion as well as her lessons and advice for aspiring real estate professionals. Audrey, first of all, thank you for joining me and welcome to the Real Estate Careers Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Richard. I'm excited to be here. So Audrey, you're our first guest on the podcast from Alberta, which is exciting, um, first of all. And and I guess I'd heard about you in December last year. I was at the Real Estate Forum in, in Toronto and your boss, Scott Hutchison, who was involved in a, in a panel discussion had mentioned your name and the work you'd been doing at Aspen around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the creation of the ideas group, which we'll get into later. And at the closing presentation, you were awarded the young leader of the year award. And I instantly made a note to reach out to see if you join me on the podcast. So it's great to have you here with us. Now, congratulations again for that achievement. Um, just to start off like yeah what can you tell us about that award yeah thanks Richard so it was uh, it was extremely exciting to win that and um, so it's an award that's presented through the real estate forums across Canada and it's sponsored by Chicago title insurance company so thank you to them for for doing that Um, so there are nominees at each local event and it's all peer nominated too. So I was, I was recognized. My name was put forth by somebody I've worked alongside for the last few years and, uh, they, they were kind enough to put me up to it, which was great. Um, so following that from there, people are shortlisted and they submit more information on their career and achievements and a bit of an application package to move to the next step. Um, From that, there's a judging panel that selects a final eight uh, nominees, and then we are, you know, invited to go to the Real Estate Forum in Toronto and participate in sessions and listen into everything. And then, yeah, they announce the winner at the end. So, um, again, like I said, peer nominated. So that was really meaningful to get the uh, to get the 
the nod for that. And then uh, an industry panel of judges selected the uh, the sub finalists and then ultimately me as the winner. So it was really exciting and definitely a high point in my career to date. So that's fantastic. Well, taking a step back, you studied communications and media studies at, at McEwen. So did you have any idea of, of where you wanted your career to go in those early days? I did, and it was not commercial real estate. So it's okay. ironic that we're we're sitting here today and uh, discussing this. But initially, I wanted to be a book editor, and that really stemmed from you know a passion for reading and enjoying writing and everything. But uh, I was about two years into my degree, and life had other plans, so I had to leave school and ultimately found my way to uh, to commercial real estate. And as mentioned, started off as a as a tenant coordinator for a large retail landowner here in the city, uh, stepped into brokerage, spent a few years with the team, and then ultimately made the jump to Aspen Properties just about three years ago. And yeah, it's it's been a weird ride and definitely not something that I started out with the intention of getting into, but um, I've kind of found my way to this point and just been completely blown away by the opportunity that exists in this industry and 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 how it seems like all kinds of people all walks of life everybody's got a different story and it doesn't seem like anybody who works in commercial real estate ultimately planned on it but somehow we've all found our way mm -hmm. to here and and here we are so that's definitely a, a recurring theme of some of our guests is that they yeah everyone has a different pathway into the industry which is which is also pretty pretty neat um so you you mentioned there you know, prior to joining Aspen, you'd worked in tenant coordination and then in, in a brokerage environment. So what, what would you say were the main takeaways from those experiences that you've been able to carry through to your work on the landlord side at Aspen? The biggest skill, the biggest theme that translates is that of customer or client service. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what part of the business I've worked in. Um, it, it really comes down to either you're making your clients happy, you're making your owners happy, or you're making your tenants happy, depending on, of course, what piece of piece of the business you're working in. Um, it, it's interesting, too, because I think that there's a real, not a misconception, but maybe not an understanding fully of of, of how important customer service continues to be at, at every stage in your career. And, and it doesn't really matter what piece you're working in, whether you're client facing like I am as a leasing manager, or if you're in the back end and you're working on the accounting side or evaluation behind the scenes or whatever it might be, people tend to think they leave that, that theme maybe behind once they step out of their typical customer service entry level role and really get into their career. But I would say the most successful people in this industry have that real client customer tenant focus and and that is ultimately guiding all of their decisions and their actions day to day well for anyone that's unfamiliar what can you tell us about aspen properties and and their unique approach yeah so aspen properties so we are a locally owned and operated uh privately held company with uh, properties in both calgary and edmonton so we are alberta based alberta bred alberta focused through and through um, and we own and manage approximately 4.2 million square feet of office space in both Calgary and Edmonton and have redeveloped a number of market leading assets since we were formed 25 years ago. So this is actually our 25th year of uh, existence, which is really exciting. 
um, the, the key differentiator of Aspen is that we're, we're always striving to provide the, you know, the highest value proposition to our tenants and we employ leading edge technology to better serve them and optimize operations and management of the buildings. So, um, it's really important to us to be the leader in, in building amenities and, and the best tenant experience that we can we can possibly provide. From that, you can help to support and improve corporate culture of tenants. You can help to attract and retain great talent for your tenants, and you can help get people back into the office, which is really, really a key thing that I think our industry is really focused on right now is, is trying to navigate that return to the office hybrid schedule who wants to be in, who doesn't. Um, you know, our, our company is really passionate about investing and innovating for the purpose of improving that experience for our partners and, and the people that occupy them. So um, Aspen's fantastic. Like they're, they're such a great company to work for. And uh, we definitely have that boutique approach to how we, how, to, how we work on things. And, you know, we, we've been able to see a huge amount of growth and success in the last few years. And uh, the, the key things that we really focus on is, is highly amenitized buildings. Um, and that's something that I really do believe we are the market leader in Alberta for. And, and we're doing things in our properties that you just don't see elsewhere. You know, we were one of the first in Edmonton to do a really great fitness facility in one of our buildings, um, to offer golf simulators to tenants at no additional charge. You know, all of these things that make being at work fun you know, it's not just you come in, you do your job, you go home, you come in, maybe you work out at lunch, maybe you hit the golf sim with some of your, you know, some of your colleagues after work or with a client. And it just, it enriches people's lives. So we're really, really focused on that. It's not just here's your office go. It's how do we help elevate your brand, your business, your tenant experience day to day to help make your life better. And, you know, Aspen's been a great company to work for and you know they treat their treat treat everybody from highest to lowest position with you know respect and with grace and um they're just they're fantastic we have a lot of long-term employees too because they do such a good job at taking really great care of us so yeah thank you and how i mentioned your portfolio in your bio but do you mind describing your portfolio for for our listeners yeah, of course. So as I mentioned, we've got buildings in both Calgary and Edmonton, and I'm based in Edmonton. I'm focused on Edmonton. So I've got three office buildings uh, up here in the city, and they're all downtown. So around 875,000 square feet, and our properties are class A and double A buildings. So um, we're located right in the heart of the financial district you know, right on the steps of the ice district, like I can look out my window right now and if I threw something really hard, I could probably hit Rogers. So we're, we're right there, which is really, really great. Um, you know, in our buildings, and I, I mentioned this already, like we have a fantastic fitness facility. We've got great golf simulator that's available for tenants, um, locker facilities, towel service, bike storage. Our building was one of the first to be dog-friendly office tower in downtown Edmonton too. So uh, at any given day, you can see as you're walking through the lobby, people are bringing their dogs into the office, which is just fun. We love that. Um, and we're also adding a, uh, we're adding another tenant amenity this year in one of our other properties in MNP tower. So another golf simulator, cool lounge fireplace like you know just another another place for tenants to go and hang out that's not the office or the lobby or 
a conference room, you know, somewhere else that they can go to work and socialize and get away from their desk for a little bit if they need to, or hold events if, you know, if they're doing a team building or a client event to, you know, you don't have to go rent out a hotel room or a private room in a restaurant. You can utilize the space in the building to do so. So yeah, we've, we've got a great property and we're constantly investing in them and trying to make them better. And um, just really looking for ways to be different and elevate that tenant experience every day. So that's great. So turning to, I guess, your role as a leasing manager, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure maybe this isn't possible to answer so easily, but what does a typical week look like for you as a leasing manager at Aspen? I, I can't help but laugh a little bit when I think of this question because there is no typical week. <laughs> Every yeah. week is a little bit different, right? Um, our industry is so, it's so cyclical. So certainly some weeks more than others, you know, you're loaded up with leasing tours one right after another where we're bringing through prospective tenants through the building, you know, putting our best foot forward to make sure that we're doing all we can to, to show them why they need to be in an Aspen property. Um, meeting with lots of brokers, you know, there, there's a lot of networking that happens too in our industry. So just staying on top of who's in the market, what market news is happening, you know, like who's doing deals where, um, just, you know, lots of relationship building too. So definitely spend a significant amount of time out in the, uh, in the commercial real estate community, not just raising, you know, our image, but also the image of, of the properties too. So um, lots of that, uh, you know, our, our team is very busy as well too. So I'm, I'm the only leasing person up here in Edmonton. The rest of my team is based in Calgary. So there's a pretty significant amount of time that we spend on calls and, you know, working together to figure out the finer points of language or budgets or leases or marketing strategy or, show suites, whatever it is that we might be working on. So um, it's funny because the days, most days and most weeks pass by in a bit of a blur. You come in Monday morning and then it seems like you look up and it's Thursday afternoon and you're like, I don't even know what I've done this week, but I know I've done a lot this week. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all over the map for sure, but uh, it's exciting and no two days are the same. So. I could certainly relate. Well, I mean, a, a big reason why we why we started this podcast is is to showcase the different career paths in in the industry. And so, for you know, for any listeners that are curious about about what it's like to be a leasing manager on the landlord side, I think that's that's a really great answer. But to build on that, like, what's the most enjoyable and perhaps also the most challenging aspects of the role? There are many, honestly, like I, I really, and, and many enjoyable parts of the role. Like I, I honestly am really happy with this role. Like I, I didn't, I didn't ever, and I mentioned this earlier, I didn't ever set out with the intention of getting into commercial real estate. And I'm, I'm somebody that, I mean, I didn't finish university. My parents are blue collar. Like this is the first kind of foray into a business type of role in industry, I guess, in my family. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny if you would have said to me a decade ago, I'd be a leasing manager for a downtown office. I would laugh in your face <laughs> because there's no way, right? Like I, I just couldn't, couldn't imagine it. So, um, with that said, honestly, the biggest part of the job that I enjoy is twofold. It's the problem solving because it's, it's, it's problem solving all day, every day, right? Like you're, trying to figure out how to win a deal or negotiate the finer points of a lease or 
you know, get a tenant moved in in time because they've got a tight, tight window and we only have a few months before things, you know, get crazy for them. Um, and then it's the relationship building. And I mentioned that earlier. It's, it's so much of our success comes from our partnerships that we have, whether it's with brokers or with tenants coming in or, um, you know, designers to build a fantastic amenity or redo the exterior of a building. Like it just, you talk to so many people and you get to learn so many things about their work and what makes them tick and how you can work together. And it's, it's so much fun. It's great. As for the challenges. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's time management really feels like being a thing. I always make the joke. If I could clone myself, that would be fantastic. And if anybody's <laughs> got any leads on a cloning machine, like it doesn't need to be great. I just need somebody that would be awesome. <laughs> so lots of, uh, lots of competing, competing priorities and, and having to, you know, make, make firm boundaries about time and um, dedicating, you know, specific head down time to tasks when maybe you'd love to be out golfing or something like that, mm -hmm. or at a tournament, you know, you, ha you have to make those decisions sometimes because ultimately you have to get, get the work done. Um, that would, that would really be the biggest thing I think. And then, like I said, boundaries and, and making sure that you're showing up for your role and you're showing up in the industry in a way that doesn't compromise your personal life, your health, your integrity, you know, all, all of these things. So navigating my way through it as, as time goes for sure. So, well, if we can get into the weeds just a little regarding the technical aspects of things like lease negotiation and lease administration, like what are some of the more common negotiating points that, that you experience and, and how do you approach these? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's honestly like each lease is different. It really depends on what the what the tenants focus is, you know, what are they most concerned with? I would say what I'm hearing of most lately would be um, items related to insurance, like if you're really getting into the technical pieces of the lease, um, just trying to figure out insurance coverage and minimums and you know, indemnities and releases and things like that. Um, part of that challenge might be because that's not my background. So we do, you know, we do work closely with our partners who are much more skilled and expertise in this area to help navigate through that. Um, but it really seems to be that that's, that's the biggest thing that companies and um, tenants are looking at right now. And I, I think too, that's a result of us coming out of the last three years, you know, everybody, we all had some significant um, challenges and stress and late nights. And we just want to make sure that, you know, our companies and ourselves were moving forward in a way that we feel comfortable with and safe with whatever that might be. So, um, you know, you have your finer points, of course, you negotiate on rent and allowances and free rent and things like that. But, um, you know, that's all pretty standard. It, it just seems to be trying to help tenants feel comfortable with proceeding with a long-term commitment um, at a time when we're really coming out of a huge amount of uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds, uh, that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Well, in mm -hmm. general, again, for anyone unfamiliar, you're in, in Edmonton and you're our first guest from Alberta, as, as I mentioned, like how is the Edmonton office market? Who are the main occupiers of space? And the three-part question what are the challenges and opportunities for for the sector <laughs> yeah so alberta is 
Honestly, it is a, and I'm, I know this is a very Albertan thing to say, and, and I feel like I have a duty to say it being the first Albertan on the podcast, but Alberta is a fantastic place to do business. Like we're, we're really lucky here. We've got such an entrepreneurial spirit and, uh, you know, our cost of living is way lower than it is in other areas. So, um, you know, we, we really have a very bright eyed, optimistic, hard work, anything is possible sort of attitude, uh, which is good because our office vacancy in Edmonton is not good. <laughs> it's quite high. So we're sitting at around 20% right now. Um, and, and that's really, I mean, that's every market, every office market across Canada, I think has gone through this over the last few years. And, um, you know, you're seeing vacancy rates climb as tenants look at downsizing or putting space up for sublease or, you know, say, hey, we, we actually are designating our entire staff to be remote. We no longer need this space. So it's really an exercise of, I think, downsizing and right sizing for a lot of companies. Um, I always joke that I would love to have a crystal ball. And if I did, I would be in good shape right now. But, uh, you know, the, the, the constant thing is uncertainty when we look at um, what the next couple of years looks like. But I do think 20%, I mean, we are sitting a little bit high. Um, but with that said, you're really seeing a flight to quality happen in our market as well, too. So the, the properties that are in good locations, with great amenities, landlords that invest in their properties and take a client or tenant focused approach have done well. And luckily we're, you know, we're able to say that we we had a great year last year and we're on track. You know, it's it's early in this one, but we've we've had a great start to the year as well too. So um, you know, Edmonton's kind of funny too because we had for anybody who's not familiar, there's a main street that kind of runs east to west. It's called Jasper Avenue and it used to be the heart of downtown where you had all the you know all the the buildings on and banks and everybody was kind of set up on that strip well since the ice district was introduced and rogers place was built it's really migrated from jasper ave about i'd say four ish three four blocks north of that to be kind of focused around the ice district so with that we've really seen a change in our market and those properties that kind of sat along jasper ave haven't done as great as the ones that are located right by the ice district so it's really a a time of transformation for for our market right now there's there's a lot of shifting happening as you know the the landlords that are well positioned are taking advantage and the ones that maybe aren't are you know reinventing and investing in their properties and doing what they can to to remain attractive and I mean, our downtown right now, too, this is a, a huge topic of conversation is safety and security. And, and that seems to really be the, the conversation in every downtown across Canada or even North America, you could say. Um, you know, there's some socioeconomic challenges that are really evident when you look at uh, the streets downtown here. And there's a lot of work happening between, um, you know, your commercial properties, your partners, your, your thought leaders, community leaders, and then also with police and security forces to try to, to, you know, make downtown feel good again and make it feel safe again. So people are more inclined to, to come back down to the office. So, To what extent do you consider a company's values when making a career decision or choosing a business partner? The values that we embody at Highview Partners are integral to everything that we do. 
Be the best. Do what's right. Force for good. And enjoy the journey. Guide every step of our process and influence our actions and behaviors. This podcast series was inspired by the value, enjoy the journey. This means bringing people together, building meaningful relationships within our industry, and giving back to the communities that we care deeply about. For more information, please visit us at highviewpartners.ca. Audrey, outside of your day job, you're active with Crew as part of the Future Leaders Committee. And as we heard earlier, you've been recognized for your work with diversity, equity, and inclusion at Aspen. So what do you mind sharing about about this work and, and what it means to you? Yeah, that's, you know what, this is something that I was just saying the other day, this work is so meaningful to me, like outside of enjoying my role day to day, it's important to me to, to do what I can to uh, make the industry maybe a little bit easier for people to get into or a little bit more accepting of diversity. So um, it's probably no surprise to anybody who's listening to the podcast, but uh, we definitely, in commercial real estate, we definitely do have um, a need for more diversity. And the the benefits that come from from that. So early on in my career, I got tapped on the shoulder to join Crew, which is Commercial Real Estate Women, and our our local Edmonton chapter is really fantastic. There are so many wonderful women in it, and it's really it seems as though it just transcends kind of those professional relationships. Like this this group is really committed to raising up each other and to celebrating success and opening doors and doing doing what we can even even across like competitor lines like i I know Mm -hmm. i could pick up the phone and call you know one of my fellow crew people that works at the building across the street and she will you know have a real conversation with me about the markets or deals or whatever it might be so um getting involved with them early was crucial and then also further involvement through the future leaders committee so with that i am co-chair with one of my fellow fellow crew members here and um our goal is to get more women involved in commercial real estate and not just women we've kind of even expanded that out to be people of color as well too so we work primarily with the, I'd say the university community, with students, with people who are maybe in their first few years of their career. And we've even expanded that out to new partnerships with um, people that are doing work in this space with high school students. So, um, you know, going to university is a privilege not afforded to everybody. And by the time you're in your third or fourth year, if you're in business, you probably already know about real estate. And that's great. But what about the people that maybe can't afford university or don't know that real estate is this as an option in their first or second year when they're trying to figure it out? So through through our work, we, you know, get in front of these students and present an alternate option and, you know, hopefully incent them to, to consider commercial real estate as a future career. So, um, yeah, it's just it's something that I really it means so much to me. And, and when I started out, I was one of the only women in the room and then also want to be only if not the only indigenous person in the room so uh to be able to get women to come up and to apply and to get jobs and people of color to do the same thing um it's really meaningful and it it makes it a safe space for the next generation and the next generation and and so on and so forth so it's really meaningful to me yeah that's amazing um 
at Aspen, you initiated an ideas committee. Uh, Scott had mentioned it in the in, in the panel in Toronto, and I thought it was really neat. But like, what what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so so the idea committee is the inclusion, diversity, equity, and access committee, and it's something that um, we all founded. I think there was. I want to say there was eight of us that came together and it was May 2020, you know, in the wake of uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor's murders that there was a lot of us that were just like, we need somewhere to talk about this. Like, this is, this is troubling. And how can we reckon with this as a society, as people, as people that know people of color, like how, how do we do something meaningful rather than just, you know, and make an Instagram post and that's it. You know, how do we, how do we transcend from, from caring and, and an action that might just be performative into something real and something tangible and how do we actually drive change? And we looked around and, you know, we, we didn't see many people in the space, like in our space doing that. And we were like, you know what, let's, let's make something here for Aspen. Cause I guarantee you if, you know, the eight of us are feeling this way. We can't possibly be the only ones. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we decided to make a committee and, and come together with the intent to have meaningful discussions about these issues of inclusion, diversity, equity, and access um, to look at our company realistically and say, how are we doing to look for ways to create opportunities for people that, that maybe haven't had them um, whether that's, you know, an inclusion opportunity that, you know, people felt that they couldn't participate in because they didn't look like everybody else or, you know, an, an equity opportunity where, you know, somebody wanted to do something but couldn't put their hand up for it because maybe they weren't empowered to do so. And through our committee, we have had quite a few successful events and, you know, we really taken an, an education an opportunity lens. So um, lots of educational material goes out to our staff internally on things like Black History Month, on Women's Day, on um, Truth and Reconciliation Day, or, you know, if there's any specific events that happen that kind of fit in our lens. Um, we've had a few successful events as well, too. So hosting on uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day a few years ago, we hosted a uh, troupe of powwow dancers in our lobby at one of our projects in Calgary and they had a ceremony they displayed all the different kinds of powwow dancing there were drums or music there was prayer like it was a really beautiful ceremony and uh you know just looking for opportunities to get involved with causes that are important to you know not just the committee but to our staff's hearts and look for ways to support them so um it's been something that has been a huge I think benefit not just for our Aspen staff, but for our tenants to see as well too, because we know that they're starting to have these conversations and we know that this is something that's growing in importance for for tenants and, and businesses as they look to say, hey, wait a minute, we need to do better. Um, and we need to make space for people that aren't here, people that haven't historically been here or people that feel excluded. and. I mean, it's it's definitely something you you see and hear a lot of now, and I think that the key thing is is you don't want it to just be a buzzword and a performative LinkedIn post or something like that. It needs to be real action. And we've 
you know, we've been lucky enough to have a great group behind us to help help execute that and and have some conversations and and hopefully be a leader in our in our field on that respect. So yeah, well, it sounds like you are. It's really powerful stuff. Big big kudos. Well, we, we discussed on our on our calls ahead of of our chat today that there's some really exciting things happening in Edmonton with respect to indigenous led partnerships for employment and training, which I don't think we see we see here in in Vancouver, quite frankly. So what do you mind sharing about about your own story and perhaps speak to the work that's happening in in the city? Yeah, so um, clearly something I'm passionate about, just given yeah. given the, the last question that we talked about. So um, I mentioned this earlier, I'm, I'm Indigenous, so I am a Satu Dene Sekwi, which is the, you know, our Dene language word for woman. I'm, I'm from Treaty 11 territory, which is very, very, very far up north. It's around uh, Great Bear Lake. So if anybody's familiar with the Northwest Territories, it's extremely far north. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm the first generation in my family to not go to residential school, to not have to be subjected to that system. And that's really not because it ended, but because we moved away from that area when I was a little kid, you know, like the, those, those schools were still operational and, and I'm 35, so I'm not, I'm not that old. So, um, you know, being indigenous, but having those kind of legacy scars of the generational trauma of it not being okay to be indigenous was something that really kind of colored my childhood and early adulthood. And it, it's really only been in the last few years that I've, been like wait a minute this is me this is who I am and that's cool like I should embrace this you know we never talked about it as as a family when I was a kid it was just never something that we we discussed and um you know once I kind of acknowledged that history and that background and you know what mom and grandma went through and the fact that I'm a you know a band member that you know it's it's incredible it's powerful and it's you know it's really it's something to be celebrated. I think, you know, if and anybody, people of color, especially indigenous people in, in this country, like we've got, um, you know, not to make it a super political answer, but there's a very long history that um, indigenous people have suffered under here in Canada. And, and I'd encourage your listeners if, you know, if this is something they don't know anything about, there's a lot of really fantastic resources and learning opportunities that exist that are free. Um, just, just to educate yourselves because it's, you know, something that we think as Canada, we don't have a race problem. We very much do. And, and this, you know, it just happens to be this field, I think, versus what you see elsewhere. So, um, yeah, anyways, being Indigenous, being in real estate, it's kind of an interesting, you know, at, at moments, you know, there's there's kind of an adversarial view, I think, in the Indigenous community and commercial real estate, just given some of this history. But um, there's incredible opportunity, absolutely incredible opportunity for, you know, good careers, good jobs, wealth generation, you know, the ability to become self-sufficient and to ensure uh, wealth for future generations. And it's something that, you know, there's a lot of work being done, as you mentioned. So I'm, I'm lucky to be part of a part of a committee and it's called the Creating Career Pathways in Commercial Real Estate committee um it's set up through boma edmonton and you know we're, we're still in our first year and still putting together some uh some programming and and looking for ways to to help support the mission but 
really it's about creating opportunity, creating, you know, chances for, for this community that historically hasn't had a lot of them um, to get involved in this incredibly powerful, you know, wealth generating uh, industry that um, can secure things for, for the future. So, yeah, there's a lot of work happening. And I mean, Edmonton's got a pretty, pretty visible and pretty large uh, Indigenous community. So there's, there's certainly a lot of interest from, from all, all stakeholders and, you know, looking for ways that we can partner and try to, you know, maybe right some historic wrongs that, um, you know, nobody maybe is directly responsible for anymore, but, you know, an opportunity to, to do something better for a future generation. So. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. And I'll put a link to that, um, to that group in the show notes for the, for the podcast. So, so people can kind of check it out, but, uh, but, but yeah, Audrey, you're, you're a leader in this and, um, and it's amazing. So yeah, keep, keep going with it because it's lots of, uh, lots of opportunities and benefits to hopefully, to hopefully come from it. Um, I mean, I, I think we, we were chatting on our call, you know, one of my observations sitting in a room of two and a half thousand people at the real estate forum was, yeah, like overwhelmingly how sort of male and white the industry is and certainly, you know, the decision makers in the industry. And I think um, just the importance of somebody being able to kind of look, look upon that room of people and identify themselves. I don't think it's really there yet. So there's so much room to go. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's certainly going to be people like yourself that, that are part of that change. So that's, that's, that's really amazing. Um, looking forward, um, with respect to your career and, and your goals, like, I mean, without kind of sharing where, where you, where you want to be in five years, but yeah, like what, what are your thoughts about where, where you'd like to take this? Cause I think the sky's the limit. So yeah. What, what, what are the thoughts? This is a good question because I don't even really know, to be honest. Okay. Like, it's, um, I, like I said earlier, I never started out in commercial, like with the intent of getting into commercial real estate. I've just kind of found my way into a position and then went, wow, this is great. I want to learn more. What's the next step and going from there? And, um, you know, the sky is absolutely the limit. Like you said, you know, I'm, 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 constantly amazed by how much more I have to learn. Every day I'm learning something new. And I mean, I've been in this now for for close to 10 years. And it's, you know, some days I'm like, I feel like I know absolutely nothing <laughs> at all. I have so much more to learn about this. Like, you know, how, how did this person do that deal? Or, you know, how are they so great to prospecting how what are they doing you know so um i'm really just very much living in the moment and have a lot of work in front of me in terms of uh you know space getting leased up in our buildings and uh just really seeing seeing what i can do to really make sure aspen's kind of the market leader and then the i don't know you mentioned this earlier and it's something that i struggle with and just in the interest of being really vulnerable about it because i find that that is the that is something that is lacking is that it feels like we're all kind of imposter syndrome. Like we all feel like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I, I shouldn't be here. I, I, I don't know how to do this, but we do. And when I look at the future, I really think about like, okay, you know, just, just keep going, see what happens. The path unfolds as, as you walk along it. And you know, if you're being genuine, if you're being vulnerable, if you're being honest, if you're being, 
your hardworking self, you know, you will find your way, whatever it is, you know, whatever the opportunity is that you might be chasing. And, you know, I, I honestly, I have no idea where I'm going to wind up. I'm just having fun along the way right now. And, and we'll see, see where I'm meant to go. And that will be where I go. So. Well, that my last question was about the the advice that you would have for anyone starting out in the industry. But I think you've almost answered that question there just in terms of like, <laughs> yeah, being being true to yourself and keep keep your head down and be open to experiences and kind of see see where it goes. I think a, a lot of people um, certainly chasing that next title or that bigger paycheck or whatever it might be. But um, I certainly encourage, you know, younger um younger folks in the industry to yeah certainly be be patient like as you have a long road ahead and good good things will come if you sort of uh, stay stay true to yourself um but I'll, I'll turn it over to you if there's any sort of a final word on you know parting words of wisdom for i mean maybe maybe the twist on the question would be like is there any ad, ad, advice or words of advice that uh, you would give to yourself like looking back that you, that you maybe didn't didn't have at the time yeah, you know what, this this is a really interesting question. And it's something that I I feel very grateful to have been asked this by junior people in the industry. And it's funny, because I say junior people, I'm still a junior person. But, you know, people that, you know, maybe started a year or two after me, and, um, you know, we, we talk and we try to figure out life and figure out our jobs and what we're doing and what's next and how to how to be that person in the room. But um, the, the biggest piece of advice that I would share for anybody starting out in this industry, if you're kind of five years and under, is it's all about relationships. Relationships are key. Doesn't matter what brokerage you work for, what, what role you're in, what year of your career you're in, what asset class. It's, it's all about relationships, whether that's with your colleagues um, with the people in your firm or in your network or with your prospective tenants or clients. You know, you, you need to build those relationships and you do that through integrity, through following through on what you say you're going to do, through being honest, through being yourself. Like, that's really the thing. Like, you know, mm. nobody's interested in a robot. Nobody's interested mm. in what you think you should be. Just be you. We need more people that are unapologetic unapologetically genuine in themselves and doing that being being yourself honestly and like working hard it, you can go anywhere you want mm. and build a name for yourself outside of you know maybe just the firm or the team you work for get to be known for being someone who follows through who you know if they don't know if you don't know the answer find it you know, get get known for finding the answer or doing your best to find an answer um, for being yourself. That's really the biggest thing. Be yourself. Don't sacrifice who you are or what you're into or, or how you engage with things to try to chase a role that, you know, may, maybe you should be a certain way. No, just be, be you. We need more of you in the world. Um, and yeah, work hard. That's it. <laughs> you know, the industry, the industry rewards hard work for sure. So if you, yeah. you really apply yourself and you know, if you put your hand up for opportunities and you try to learn and you try to grow, like you, you absolutely will find your way. And, you know, piece of advice for myself would really be to believe in yourself, you know, mm -hmm. especially as women, like I think, you know, just to speak to the women on who, who might be listening and to, 
to speak to the people in my network who are women or women identifying, it's like, we, we don't think we're qualified to be there because we don't really see a lot of people that look like us doing these roles or in these roles that we want to get into. So you just, you need to believe in yourself that you can do it, that you're just as good as the guys. You're just as smart as the guys. You can absolutely do that role. Like it's, it's not rocket science and we're not saving babies. Like nobody dies if we, make a mistake it's okay you know just yeah. pick yourself up again learn the lesson that you need to from it and and try again do not be afraid to try again because that's what they're doing why can't you do it too so that that, that would be the biggest piece i think i'd i'd leave behind so no thank you that's amazing thank you so much for your for your time and sort of sharing your your story i'm really excited to watch where where your career goes audrey and keep in touch so thanks again Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to People Who Perform, the Real Estate Careers podcast brought to you by Highview Partners, a talent search and recruitment firm focused exclusively on Canadian real estate. If your real estate team is looking to find the best next hire, or if you're ready to make the best next move in your career, then reach out to Highview Partners today. Follow us on LinkedIn, visit us at highviewpartners.ca.